Man, I feel blessed just being here tonight. My brothers, my sisters, the power of an almighty God. Hallelujah. Man, wow, it feels good. Let's lift our hands and praise him again. Let's just get immersed. Let's become immersed in this environment. God's here. God's here. God's here. Praise God. I'm going to take it. If you can get into an environment like this, you, you, you're going to make it. You can renew your thinking. You can realign your direction. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It feels great on a Wednesday night, um, Tuesday night. You know, I'm almost 65. I might mess up a little bit. Forget what day it is. Forget where I'm at. It's not that bad. Somebody say, thank God. Hallelujah. But I feel, feel privileged and honored to be in the house of the living God with the people of God. And, uh, man, a lot of great things are happening. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles with me. James chapter 5. James chapter number 5. We're just going to do a little Bible study tonight. Praise God. I'm going to start in verse number 13. If you got it, say amen. Is there, is any among you afflicted? Probably just, probably just covered a good portion of this congregation tonight. The pastor at the great church of Jerusalem. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Praise God. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, <clears throat> and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, 
not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save the soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Incredible passage of scripture. I've long since been a great fan of the book of James and this selection of reading tonight has incredible merit. And I have entitled this, we may go a couple different directions at least to lay a foundation, but I want to talk to us about the wellness, healing, and restoring of the church. All right? The wellness, healing, and restoring of the church. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. There's nobody like you. No other place I'd want to be, will be. Thank you for your presence, your glory. Heal all those that were not able to be here tonight because of sickness and various situations. Keep your hand upon them, we pray, and your hand upon us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Bible has a lot to say about relationships in the church. I really believe that if you and I are spiritually healthy and spiritually where we need to be, that this group of people right here is vouchsafed in our heart, in our minds, as being a cherished group of people. Um, oftentimes I refer to my own story not because I think it's the best story, but it's the only one I know. But when I got saved and I came in contact with the people of God, it was, it was a promotion for my life to go from the relationship of mediocrity at best into a highly blessed, privileged, and godly group of people. I have an earthly family tonight that is not saved. Um, my older sister is saved. She goes to church in Fresno, California, but the remainder of my family is not saved. Um, maybe it's just me. I've been praying a lot of late for my earthly family. They don't understand me. They don't understand what I'm doing. Some of them are being used to the enemy. Even though they are my earthly family, I don't give them 
any of the merit that I give this group of people here. I personally hold you in much higher regard than I do my earthly family. Now, there might be people under the sound of my voice that would take issue with that, and maybe maybe I understand some of that just a little. However, you and I are part of the family of God, and my earthly family, as, as much as I know they need God, they are in a different wavelength of life. They have a different value system. They have a different spirit that's operating in their life. We really don't have anything in common other than the fact that we were raised together. And it is my responsibility as one that is part of uh, this specialized group of people called the church that I have a responsibility to pray for them, and I do that. But I will just tell you that the Bible has quite a bit to say about the interactions that you and I have with one another to keep this what it ought to be. Hallelujah. You are not just uh, a nobody. If you, uh, and I thank God for the baptisms on Sunday. What do we have, three or four baptisms? And I don't know how many people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I thank God for that so very, very, very much. Yes. of what this is really all about and what it takes to come into a dynamic relationship with God and how this has elevated, elevated all of us. It's given us redemptive lifts to where we are all living lives that we didn't deserve. Uh, I don't know about anybody else in this building tonight, but you are looking at one individual that knows that I am here by the grace and the glory of an almighty God, and I owe him everything. Let's just take a moment and clap our hands and give him real praise. If you don't have that, that type of relationship, just hang on. When the blinders come off and you get a revelation, you will be unstoppable. definitely declares that we are in this unique biblical description and spiritual reality. We are in what the Bible calls a body. Hallelujah. Not just a body of believers called Cornerstone, but we are part of the body of Christ. In fact, we're going to look at a couple scriptures here. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18 says this. He is the head of the body, the church. Okay? Jesus is the head, and the church is the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Now, just like the human body has various components and different parts, the church of the living God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we are not going to 
talk about here tonight, at least exegetically, but I will make reference to it to say that everybody plays a critical role in the body. The pastor is not the only person in the body that can be used of God. Let me say that again. <clears throat> the pastor is not the only person in the body that God wants to use. Now, he is a God-called messenger. He has the authority. However, there are other people in this church that God wants to raise you up and anoint you and use you to not just bless the work of God here in Spokane, but maybe even potentially beyond Spokane. And I think that it's an act of maturity to accept that. But see, God sees us so vastly different than we see ourselves. Which is why you're going to be greatly disappointed on Judgment Day when God, you see the distinction. And I don't mean that, well, maybe I do mean that, because the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That we should be, with all of our hearts, all of our minds, be working towards what God has for me and not for the what the world has for me. Somebody said, praise the Lord. But we are faced with the complexity of this body. You have different personalities. You have different backgrounds. In some cases, um, people that are bilingual or even beyond that have different languages. People have different experiences in life. People have, they come to church with their likes, their dislikes, their opinions, their inlook, their outlook. But the beauty of the church is, is that when you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we all have the same spirit. And because we all have the same spirit, we are able to accept the same inlook and the same outlook. Okay? And with that being said, that means that we can have in the same body, local body, we can have a myriad of people that are from different backgrounds, different places of life, regardless of demographics, geographics, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of their language, regardless of their experiences of life, regardless of their sinful orientations. When we come into the body of Christ, we all have to repent. We all need the blood. We all need the power. And this is one of the exciting things to me about the church of the living God is because I am, I am so open to just letting God save whoever God wants to save. Whether he's a guy on the corner cardboard sign, or it's somebody that's the president of a local bank. They all need God because this is eternal. 
This is not just we're in the 21st century and and we're all in this political mishmash in the 21st century. I don't even think about that. What I'm thinking about is we are all going somewhere. And everybody needs this. And I want to tell you something. People are looking for something. In the 21st century, Hollywood has let people down. Politics has let people down. Drug addiction has let people down. There's no answers in this world. The only answer is the one you and I have, and it is J-E-S-U-S. I am so excited to see what God is going to do in the next 10 years in Spokane. It'll blow your mind. Clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Just, just let me let me give you a little forecast. In the next ten years, you're going to see people get saved in this church. That at one point in your life, you would have probably thought they were unsavable. I'm praying for some MS-13 people to get saved. You don't need to respond. You don't need to do anything right now. I'm waiting, I'm, I'm believing God for MS-13 people to get saved. I'm expecting to see some people that got messed up with this gender transition nonsense to find salvation. Don't tell me that God didn't create them in his image. We're not going to let the devil take anybody. We're not going to lay down. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to stay down. We're not going to go down. We're not going to back down. This is for everybody. If you're sitting here, just think of what God could do if we turned God loose. I have an architect. Well, I mean, this church has an architect we've been working with for years now. He's worked with us on several different projects. And he's working with us on our next project. And... Uh, I gave him about a 30-minute Bible study on Jesus' name baptism. It's the same Bible study I've given to him five times. And I'm going to tell you what, he's getting a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And don't you dare try to tell me that baptizing, and this is where he's at. What does it matter? What does it matter if I'm baptized in the title? What does it matter if I'm baptized in Jesus' name? And I'm like, why don't you just get baptized in Jesus' name because you see it in the Bible and see what the difference is. You will feel the difference. You will experience the difference. It's the difference between religion and relationship. Clap your hands and give him praise. It's, it's all the difference in the world. And it's the difference between being a 21st century denominational Christian or being an ancient apostolic. Praise God. The Bible says we ought to love one another. I want to tell you, a little love goes a long way. A little love goes a long way. There's a lot of people that are selling their bodies. They're losing their minds. I, I saw a little blip on Fox News about this young lady that had been one of the most tattooed, sculpted 
her body just there was a guy that was the most tattooed man in the world that recently died like two weeks ago. And there was, just in the last five days, there was a young lady that got her face sculpted, her body sculpted, uh, tattooed, got the white of her eyes were dyed blue, and she is now totally blind. Why are people doing this? People are looking for something to get some kind of validation outside of themselves. Will somebody notice me? People will change their hair color. People will get tattoos. People will get body piercings. People will wear a certain kind of clothes. People will take off their clothes. I'm not trying to be crude, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. People will do, they will become an exhibition to this world to get noticed by somebody. I want to tell you, if you are breathing, God's got his eyes on you. God loves you. That's why I'm wide open to this thing. God, bring him out of a gay bar. God, bring him out of a sports stadium. God, somebody clap your hand and give God the praise. You ought to be ashamed of yourself if you don't believe that God wants to save everybody. There's something wrong with you. There is something wrong with the person that says, not that group. Not that, not that person. Not that person. Not that person. We need to look in the mirror and say, God, if you could call me out of darkness, God, save anybody. One more time, let's lift our hands and give God the prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray for our community. Let's pray for our community in need. People are crying out somewhere across this city tonight. Hallelujah. People are crying out. The Bible says we ought to love one another. Bible said we need to forgive one another. In fact, I love what 1 Corinthians 12 it says. It said that there are some members of the body that might be not as prominent, preeminent as the others, and those are the most critical ones. You know, if I was to pull my liver out and put it up on this pulpit, most of you'd go, ugh. Somebody might say, I'm hungry. Some people like liver. It's on some menus with onions. It ain't on my menu. Don't ever invite me over and serve me liver. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a bad guest, but I will, I can't even stand the smell of it, okay? My point is, there are some body parts that are not as beautiful as a well-sculpted nose. some of you sitting out there in cornerstone land that my heart is so full of thanks for you because you are critical that's not almost like that is it we are to forgive one another we're to love one another we are to be workable with one another see the more that you institute your likes and dislikes the more you're proving you're not in God because in God, I can love everybody. 
I can love those that are like me. I can love those that aren't like me. I can love those that don't like the things I like. I can, it doesn't matter because I'm seeing them from an elevated posture. The more that you institute your likes and dislikes, the more you're really revealing how fleshly you are. The Bible also reveals that we have and will always have a group of people among us that need extra care. I know that uh, I can't speak about anybody else's situation, although I have seen people go through other situations and See, the, the thing that concerns me about this generation is that they, because we're immediate recipients of the love of God, we get that, you know, we want, we want immediate payback. We want immediate gratification, even if it's spiritual. And there are some things that God wants to do in us For the sake of giving more of himself to us. Does that make sense? Like, something's got to go so I create an environment where I can, I can contain more God. See, people come to, come to God with all kinds of baggage. I've already, I've already given this entire... I've qualified this by various backgrounds, various experiences, home life, no home life, raised in a foster home, raised by parents, raised by lesbian parents, molested, abused, and I'm not making light of any of it. I'm just giving you this is where we are in the 21st century. But I want to tell you there's only one God, and he will be a father to you, and the church will be the mother to you, and we are going to love you. I don't care what kind of problems you've got. I don't care what kind of baggage you got. I don't care what kind of situation you got. We are going to walk through this together. We are going Whatever it takes to get you to the place where God can deliver you, and God can heal you, and God can bless you, and God can exalt you. The only requirement on your part, you got to stay honest. You know, this denial stuff is a big deal. It's easy. It's too easy to live in denial. The Bible calls it deceit, and we are hardened. The more that we give ourselves to being deceitful, like some of you under the sound of my voice are living a double life. You hear that response? That lets me know I'm walking through the rose bushes of your life right now. There's some of you under the sound of my voice that the Bible says you are involved in what is called the presumptuous sin. The presumptuous sin is basically in your face. When you, presumptuous sins are different from other sins in that the immediate 
human reaction to a presumptuous sin is you harden your heart in varying degrees. So you can be sitting here and one person next to you is going, man, I really feel like if you if you're sitting by that person, you should probably move. But I'm just illustrating. You can be sitting next to somebody going, man, I really feel God. And you're going, the reality of it is, is you might be what the Bible says, past feeling. When, and man, wow. How did I get here? Well, I'm here, so let's go for it. See, if you continue to sin when you know it's a sin, the immediate effect, you're not hurting anybody but yourself because what you're doing is you're hardening your heart. And so it takes more God on a Sunday service for you to feel the same breakthrough that you got last year when God was trying to get a hold of you to get you to change that pattern of behavior. It, the, pre, the preacher, the pastor's got to preach with more conviction. It's The environment's got to get hotter. Well, I don't want to go to that church, man, because the pastor's always yelling. Well, he might be yelling because he's, he's trying to rescue you. He's trying to rescue you from yourself. See, the hottest known material organically is fire and brimstone. It is the same element that fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. And when God could not get them to repent, when God could not get them to turn from their unnatural affections, when God could not get a hold of them, that is the only, that's the only way out, is fire and brimstone. Because conviction couldn't save them. See, we don't want to think, you have to be honest. If you think, well, that's not me, Pastor, but... In your quietest moments, and you take inventory, you might say, you know what? Pastor was talking about some stuff. You know, I'm living a life of my deceit. My wife thinks I'm one thing and I'm another thing, and my husband thinks I'm doing one thing and I'm another thing. And Man, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I want us all across this building to lift our hands and just pray. God, God wants to help you, not hurt you. I, I'm not, I didn't come here to hurt anybody. But we got to be free from the denial and the deceit so that I can become transparent. Because transparency is what holiness is all about. Christ in you. They can see Jesus through me. They can feel Jesus in me. You know, if, you, if you're sitting here at night, you've got junk on your phone. Nobody knows that junk's even there. And it's even talked about where you should be getting that immediate conviction from the Holy Ghost. So that hardness has to be challenged. Before God can give you anything else, well, I go to this church and I don't feel anything. Might be a reason for that. You know, we might, we might just need to do a little bit of inventory and put our little hard hat on and put that little flashing light on and the little tripod deal and say, hey, men at work here. I'm going to work on some things. I'm not everything I want to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm a work in progress. But there's some things that got to get out. One of them is living in denial because you are never going to live in the immediate. 
You're never going to enjoy the immediate of walking in the Spirit and living with Jesus Christ second by second until you have dealt with denial. Man, I am so in the Holy Ghost. I, I just need to quit looking around this room. I want you to lift your hands and just, let's just pray. Let's just pray for a minute. I didn't come to accuse anybody. I just came to operate in the Holy Ghost, wherever God wants to go here tonight. God, I want to be what you want to make me. I want to be pure. I want to be transparent. I want to be translucent so that the light that's in me can emanate. There's emanation. There is, there's incandescence. There's emanation. Instead of darkness, like a walking dark hole that swallows up all the light and it doesn't escape. Not only does God require us to love one another, and I want to tell you, sometimes people require a lot of prayer. Not to pray for them, but you pray for yourself so you can get to the place where you can love them. Y'all with me? Thank God the pastor's being real tonight. You could have just been entertained with a little Bible study and just never had take any inventory tonight. Sometimes you've got to pray to love people. Somebody help me. <laughs> you know, this one needs your love this week. You like what I like? These people over here, they like what I like, man. That's good. You got any need for that? Let me let go of that person. Because that's not the work of the Spirit. That's the work of the flesh. The Bible even says it's no big deal to salute those people that like what you like, but to love people that, that, that you have to work on, you're like your heavenly father because it rains on the just and the unjust. You can't let yourself do that because you're going to continue to take the way of least resistance in all your relationships. And you're going to start fomenting why you don't like people when other people love them and there's no big problem about that. That's addiction. so much that you don't even know what it means to love people in the Holy Ghost. When you love people in the Holy Ghost, you have removed all, you, you have extrapolated, you have extracted, you have separated them from all the things that rub you wrong, and now you're looking at them like, man, this guy's been baptized in Jesus' name. This guy, he might be a mess, but look out, devil, in five years from now, this guy's going to be a totally different creature. You know what? I'm believing good things about him. I'm not going to utter negativity. My God, I'm in the Holy Ghost. God requires that of a growing, thriving 21st century church. You, have, you get these little groups, and these little groups begin to formulate their little opinions. And sometimes those opinions are against another group of people that have a clique, and they have an opinion, or a family, or a couple. 
or a person. I am a click killer. If I even smell a click, I go after it. You want to know why? Because I want everybody to feel welcome here. You're welcome here, and so is everybody else. It's a privilege to be in the house of God. It's a privilege to be in the church of the living God. It's a privilege to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's a privilege to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's a privilege to call on the name of Jesus out of a pure heart. It is a privilege to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. It is a privilege. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I know you agree with me because I, I, this is my candy stick. Hallelujah. I want people to feel welcome. Pastor, there's a guy back here that's demon-possessed. You don't feel welcome here. Well, that's different. We'll cast that devil out, watch the Holy Ghost fill him, and he'll feel like he belonged here all his life. You know, if you're feeling uncomfortable in a situation like this, sometimes... Sometimes it's revealing that there's things that need to be adjusted. James chapter 5 lets me to know that there will always be people among us that need healing. We've talked a lot about creating an environment for the Holy Ghost, purity at home, purity everywhere. It's not what we do here. This is, this is a byproduct of how we live. And that's why God visits us and God dwells among us. That's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. But the reality of it is, is there's always going to be among us that are in varying degrees of wholeness. And oftentimes there's there's a few people right now that I'm thinking about in my mind that I would never point you out because I wouldn't want to embarrass you, but I I just know that God is working on you. And God knows what he's doing. No, I mean, I can just say that, and yes, I agree with that. But we underestimate that God is in everything. I'm telling you, God knows what he's doing. And there are some people, there are some people that are coming from various backgrounds that are coming into the church of the living God, and the only way, um, because they don't understand the ways of God, and Maybe they've been subjected to a denominational upbringing where the word of God is in sound bites and it's in it's just in in little little cliches and bumper stickers and and it's not the the reality of the engrafted word. Um, it takes time for God to engraft that word into a human being to where the very nature of Jesus Christ can take hold and begin to purge that person of old thinking and old and 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 these kind of things are deep. It's not necessarily just the habits 
that you're caught up in every day. It might not be just the mentality that you deal with every day. The problem is on a much, much deeper level where the woundedness of the human spirit is and 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 people that took advantage of us and and our reaction to to uh, to rejection and these things that that oftentimes are in childhood and now they there's part of our personality. What God has to do is He has to address this by degrees. And in every one of these degrees, God doesn't want to lose you, but yet God can't leave you like you are. It's like a it's a, it's a, it's like it's like God is challenged how to do this. But he knows what he's doing because he's a carpenter. And when he comes in, he says, this beam's got to go out because it's rotten. But before I can take that beam out, I'm going to put a new one over here that's going to bear the weight of it. Because when I pull this one out, uh, you're not even going to feel it. But we, you got to stay on the operating table long enough for God to put on the glove and be a surgeon and make you new and make you a new creature in Christ and make you whole. You can't bail out with a prejudice. You can't bail out by getting bitterness. You can't bail out somewhere in the journey. You got to say, God, work on me, work on me, work on me. Clap your hands and give God the praise. This thing about rejection, rejection, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but rejection is one of the most devastating of all human wounds that can happen to a human being. And it, it, a human being will overcompensate for the wound of rejection. They will, they will just, it's fueling this, this entire culture which reverberates the spirits that are trying to draw unwitting, foolish, people with no backbone and people that have never never got any semblance of themselves. The Bible calls it having no root in themselves. Just people that are shallow, people that are flaky, people that are followers and not leaders, people, people that are willing to do whatever it takes so that you'll like them are being drawn into this by the millions and I am so in the Holy Ghost tonight I don't even, I don't even know where this is going to end. But I have a passion about this because I want to see people get fixed problem with our culture is, is they're willing to substitute pleasure for principle. And they're willing to substitute the present for the future. I've seen God go to work on some people, and and I, I would pray for them. I remember my pastor saying this years and years ago, and I didn't even understand what he was saying, that he would stand in the gap for people, and God would just say, you need to get out of the way. Quit praying for him, because now I'm going to work, and I'm going to do something, because God will not leave you where you are. You have to understand, the American, the American culture is... Uh, I've got I've got two cars. I've got a nice home. I've got da 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 da. You fill in the blanks. I could fill in the blanks. We all could. But there has to be something. If God raised you up out of the sheep coat and God raised you up out of the pit, you'll never be satisfied with possessions. You will not because you already understand. Part of that process is the exhilaration of the power of the Almighty God on the inside of me that found me on the backside of nowhere and God brought me to. The this place, and you will never be satisfied with possessions because you've already realized that God is my healer, God is my way maker, God is my all in all. 
There's a lot of people that never let God get to that place that become satisfied with a good job, a good education, a good home, nice possessions, some semblance of success. And that becomes a death trap. Because now we want to defend that when God wants to take us to higher ground. And some of us are now unwilling to let go of the little so that God can make me a bigger container to give me the much. And so there's always going to be people in this process. And it's just the way it is. And all I can tell you is fall in love with Jesus. Don't waste a lot of your best years on just being convinced that God is good enough to live for him. Get that as quickly as you can. There's some people that are getting older up in age that are just now getting a hold of things that people half and a third of your age got in a very short amount of time. That's not to put you down. That's just to say we, we, we come into this with a, with a, a mentality God wants to completely revolutionize your life and keep revolutionizing your life. Somebody made the statement a while back, man, aren't you guys happy with that big old building you're in? No, I'm not happy with this building. Because bigger buildings mean more people. And more people means fewer people the devil's got and more people God's got. But see, there's more than that. See, once you've been through the process as, as many times as my wife and I have, the exhilaration is being able to lay it all on the line and go to the next level and do it all over again on a bigger scale. Yeah, there's sleepless nights. Yeah, there's times of prayer and fasting and scratching the eyes out of the devil before he tries to take your toenails off. Just hand-to-hand combat, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be all that. I'm already up all night. We haven't even gone, but I can already feel it coming. Because with every with every going up to the next level, the devil's already there. And he says, no, 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 no. You ain't going to get up to this next level. Because that next level not only means that I'm going to mature and I'm going to be processed, but that next level, there's people sitting on bar stools tonight downtown. There are people in, involved in politics in this city that when we get to that next level, the spirits that are, the angels are going to say, all right, we got here the right way, we got here legal, and now we're going to get that one, and now we're going to take this one, and now we're going to get that one, and the devil's just got to stand back and say they played by the right rules, they did it God's way, and now they got massive revival. That's just how it happened. sit back and us four no more and I sit back and this is good and we're going to heaven. That's not spiritual warfare. That's compromise. That is compromise. There's always more. I'm going to be 65 next month. Don't ask for me to act my age. Don't. <laughs> I've been waiting a while to say that one. If I started acting my age, I'd have a cane, a license plate for my wheelchair, running the aisles because I finally got Medicare. A 
as long as your pastor is in the will of God, I am unstoppable and indestructible. When I step out and start playing a little game, maybe get political, maybe look for a position, maybe try to do something else because this stuff's too hard, God didn't call me out of darkness for that. God said, you're going to have this saddle on you until I call you home. Take that thing as high as you can. Take it as far as you can. Take it as deep as you can. Clap your hands and give God the praise. That's what I'm made for. If you really got in the Holy Ghost, that's what you're made for too. There's always going to be sick among us because God is processing us. There's always going to be some people that are experiencing thorns in the flesh. There's always going to be people that have got a few aches and pains. Just take a look at our scripture tonight. Is there any among you afflicted? Pastor, I need 12 weeks of counseling because I'm afflicted. Pray. See, this is what I'm trying to say. These answers are too easy for me. It's like the couple that came in for counseling. And I said, did you guys do what I told you to do? They looked at each other. Not really. I said, counseling's over. So really what you want to do is you have an attention deficit, and you want time with the pastor. And I'm, I'm happy to spend time with you, but that's not what we're doing here. You came here for an answer. Are you guys with me here tonight? If I give you, if I've been praying and I'm walking in the Holy Ghost and I give you a godly answer, I expect you to follow that if you're living for God. If you've got some deal in your life where you have ADD or some other deal where you just want to know the pastors for you, we can meet up around here after church and, and I'll hug you if you're a man. If not, my wife will hug you. And I'll stand in the background and say, we love you. I'm glad you're here. I'll do anything for you. I love you. I'm, I wouldn't want to replace you. I'm glad you're here. You're part of the church. You, nobody can replace you. You're part of what we're doing here. But see, our culture has got something else going on. Too easy of an answer. Pray. Pastor, I'm afflicted. I've got stuff going on. My wife doesn't like my answer. I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. But, man, you, you know what I'm saying. Pastor, I got some deal. Is there any afflicted among Anybody afflicted here tonight? I got your answer. Pray. Let's lift our hands and just thank God. Because if you'll follow a simple answer, God will respond to that simply by obeying it. Pastor, I want people to feel sorry for me. I want audience with the pastor. I got to have time with the pastor. Okay, it's really not about your affliction. It's about you want me to hear your life story. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in this context, I'm here to help you. the wellness, health, and restoration of the church. If you're afflicted, the pastor in Jerusalem said to pray. 
Some people have made this so complicated that we miss the simplicity of Christ and we frustrate the grace of God. Is any sick among you? Well, a pastor really loves me. I've almost had people say that. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but I'm, I'm trying to illustrate this to you. If the pastor really loves me, he will come back to where I'm at, or he'll call me, and he'll come by and pray for me. Is that what this says? Does everybody have their Bible open? James chapter 5. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. What will God do? God will heal you because you obeyed the Bible. I had a person in this church absolutely tell me off. Is this on SoundCloud or whatever it is? I don't even know. Well, the pastor's supposed to know I'm not dealing with it. I'm not a mind reader. I put my socks on just like you do. the pastor's supposed to know I'm sick. I got 50 other people. And they're all telling me they're sick. How am I supposed to know if you're sick if you don't tell me? And I'm not making light of your sickness. You'll come up here. We'll obey the Bible. We'll lay hands on you and anoint you with oil, and God will heal you. But don't expect to get your healing if you're not following the Word of God. We get our own way of thinking about things. And we don't want to change it because it, it provides us with an outlet for our attitude. But I've always wanted to tell the pastor off, and I got an opportunity to do it. Problem was, they were 150 miles off of what their responsibility was with their condition. They put it on me, and I didn't even know. So I took it like a good pastor, and I'll still pray and Love them. It's just the way it goes. Are there any sick among you? I got a call today from somebody in this church, and I just said, are you going to be in church this Sunday? He said, yeah. I said, we're going to anoint you with oil, and we're going to believe God to touch you. Why? Because it's in the Bible. When you get to feeling bad and you've done what's in the Bible, you can remind God that I obeyed the Bible. That doesn't mean you got a bad spirit. That doesn't mean you're tempting God. I would say, God, I've obeyed your word. I trust you. I believe you. And I'm going to tell you what, God is not going to be indebted to any man. God is going to fulfill his word. Ask anything in my name and that will I do. Clap your hands and give him praise.
Bible says, these signs will follow them that believe. I've had my wife lay hands on me and pray for me. And her prayers worked. I mean, I believe in following the scripture, and if you call me, I'm not going to turn you away. We're going to pray for you. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says in Mark chapter number 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall. I believe that. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Someone said amen. Isn't that wonderful? And that's awesome. There it is. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. See? You mean I'm sick because maybe I'm doing stuff I shouldn't be doing? You mean maybe God used that sickness to get my attention? <laughs> I love the Word of God, ladies and gentlemen, and I know you do. But could it be possible that the Bible's right and our perspective is wrong, and maybe sometimes God gets a hold of people's attention so that God can talk to them? Wormwood, did you say preach it? I'm not incriminating anybody. I'm just saying that according to this, there are some people that are sick because they're sinning. I didn't say everybody. And the one thing that is being required of you is to get back in alignment with leadership. I don't want to bother the pastor. He's busy. No, I'm just sitting around waiting on your call. And I would welcome that call. If it would restore our relationship together in, in Christ, I'm waiting on that call. I got a call from a guy. I haven't seen this person um, in years. Years, he's preaching a revival, and he was kind of a smart aleck young person, but I loved him, and I just really didn't even think too much about it. I wasn't offended or anything, just the way it was, and he called me like 20 years later, 20 years later. He said, Pastor, this is so-and-so. Who? Yeah, I remember you. You still going to that church? Yeah, okay. What's going on? You know, I just felt like I needed to apologize to you. Oh, man, you don't owe me an apology. Yeah, I do. It's amazing when people really get sick, they start thinking about that kind of stuff. You can get quiet on me all you want. God sent me here tonight to talk. People got to get flat on their back before they start reviewing, you know, 
God, I, I need to make that right. Yeah, I'll make that call, God. I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll get that. You know, I, I, I mistreated that person. I didn't, I didn't do that right. God, I want to do that. God, give me a chance to make this right. Thank God he's so merciful. Because he knows we can't go into eternity like that. We can't go into eternity like that. And so this is God's mercy. Yeah, Brother Mayo, I just felt all these years like I owed you an apology. Okay, well, I accept your apology. I love you. I just saw the guy two months ago. Great. How you doing? Love you. Man. God just wanted us to know that if he had committed any sins, which is why I made him sick, I'm also going to forgive him because he followed the Bible and went to the elders and did this my way. Let's lift our hands. I'm almost done. You see, Cornerstone can go to the next level. But, Brother David, it's going to have to happen internally. God's got the numbers game all figured out, but God's saying, let's take this thing to the next level. I love that scripture in Galatians chapter 5. It says, ye that are spiritual. Insinuating that there's probably some people that aren't really spiritual. <laughs> Consider thyself. You know, if you find out somebody's really messed up, that's, that's not for everybody to go up and, and comment on. You know, we'd probably have a lot deeper, richer repentance if people felt like they could trust some of us. I had a backslider one time said, I can't come back to church. I said, why? I was a full-time evangelist. Why? Why can't you come back to church? He said, because the devil is putting people's faces in my, in my brain. And I couldn't stand in my shame to look at their faces. See, the devil was keeping the, that man away. And I ain't talking about blue jeans either. See, there's all kinds of people under the sound of my voice that God's working on you. Because he has something incredible for you. into his arms. I don't know about you, but I love this kind of preaching. I didn't say I love my preaching, okay? In fact, I don't like listening to myself. My wife says, honey, you need to listen to yourself. I thought, huh, roll my eyes. Yeah, right. Pastor, they got you on Holy Ghost Radio. Don't, don't count on me to listen to it. I don't like listening to myself. And my wife says, well, honey, I have to listen to you, so you listen to you. And I said, so we start having this deal going on. What are you looking at? I'm just kidding. Love, Brother Chris. 
good young man right here. And this guy right here, I wouldn't be surprised how far he's going to go. I got to go to his reci a recital or something. Yeah. That's cool. Let's keep living for God. But God's working all over this building to bring us to a place of wholeness. If you're struggling, just be real. Pastor, I'm struggling. All right, man, I'll pray for you. Because see, you by yourself, what the devil wants to do is get you to suffer all alone. That is not what the church is all about. We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to forgive each other. We're supposed to hold each other up. We're supposed to submit ourselves one to another. We're supposed to just speak favorably to one another, answer one another favorably. But when it comes to suffering, we want to be all by ourselves. No. No. You found a group of people that, that are going to love you when you're suffering. Because on the other side of suffering is exaltation. See, if God's got to get to the root of my life, which is holding up this attitude, this mentality, this habit, this attitude, and I'm really going through it. It could take God, it, it could take him a couple years to work on that, and I've developed my trust in God. I've developed my faith in God because God's saying we're going to go, we're going to get way down there to that root right now, and I'm going to be on my face, and I'm not going to even know why I'm crying all the time, and I'm not going to be able to figure out, you know what God's doing? God's renewing me from the inside out. He's laying a foundation. He's making... Confess your faults one to another. Man, what's the pastor talking about tonight? Look how much healing is in here. Your, your body, your human body is composed of several trillion cells. Some of you have, like myself, I've got a few more trillion than other people. Maybe I've got a gazillion. You know, I don't even know what a trillion is, but some of these Democratic candidates are saying it's going to cost $55 trillion. I'm thinking, dude, I don't even know if I'm going to be alive when that happens. Your body is a beautiful machine. Some of our machines are just a little bit larger. That's okay. I remember my, my parents had this car that only had two doors on it. But it was longer than this pew. And it had fins like a 1950 space movie where they have those real fake looking monsters. The fins were way up like this. That only had two doors on it. David said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. All of the different systems that work in tandem for this incredible house for the soul is a miraculous, absolute miraculous thing. And your body and my body is designed by God in most cases to be able to heal ourselves. You get a cut through oxidation, the interaction of Oxygen, exercise, and diet. 
You're going to get over that. You're going to get through that. I got this little finger deal going on. So I fell backwards and I actually landed on my finger, went all the way backwards. It's starting to feel better all the time. Just takes time. I'm not going to cut it off. Ah, you're hurting, so I don't know if I really need you anymore. Where's that hacksaw? No, hang on. Hang on. The body of Christ is designed to heal itself. But you got to get into relationship. I need to call the pastor and tell him I'm sick. I need to find a brother I can trust and tell him that the devil's working me over in an area. I don't have a wall there. There's no partition there. And when I, when I get weak, the devil's right there and I fall. But we can pray together that I might be healed. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Cornerstone is ready to go to the next level. Instead of jumping in our cars, oh, church, church is over, I'm going to jump in my car, I'm going to race back home and not tell anybody I'm sick. That's not the will of God. When we first started this church, my wife and I had a little game to see how quickly that parking lot would empty. And when I said, you are dismissed, they took that serious. Like peeling out. Like thinking that Denny's is going to close in five minutes. I got to make it to. If you eat at Denny's on a regular basis, you need to talk to my doctor. It's not good. Man, I preached for a guy one time after every service, he took me to Denny's. And it was when they allowed smoking at Denny's. And I said, are you trying to kill me from the secondhand emphysema? No, man, it's just cheap. I said, well, you're going to end up with a dead evangelist if you keep this up. My wife can validate that. She was with me. But when you're an, evan when you're an evangelist, you don't argue where they take you to eat. Denny's. Confess your faults. The word faults there is an important word. Um, if we're not careful, we won't get to the meat of it because we want the easy way out on that. And, you know, <laughs> brother, can I talk to you? I got a problem with speeding. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whether it's daily, weekly, monthly. Hear me. If you're still struggling with it, you need to find somebody, not just anybody. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to interpret this correctly for us. If you're struggling with something that is making you feel horrible, and I could get graphic here tonight, but I don't want to do that, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help some people. You know, you sit around and watch a bunch of porn. What are you going to do? You're going to mess up. And the devil has already learned. This is exactly how I keep this guy on the bottom. I wait till I wait till he's anxious. Okay, a couple bills end up that they're short on money. 
they, there's not enough money. I, I get them anxious, and then all of a sudden I saturate. Listen, folks, the devil is that smart. But I'm going to tell you, you got a God on the inside of you that is going to be with you in the darkest moments. He's going to be with you when no one's looking. If you'll call on the name of Jesus and call your brother up and say, I need you to pray with me right now. One can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight, and you're going to get the victory. But you got to get in the relationship, and you got to be clear and honest and transparent to be healed. Well, Pastor, I, you know, I'm talking to, to Brother So-and-so, and I'm wondering if I should tell him this stuff. No, hold on. Bible gives us, I'm, and I'm so glad that for the wisdom of God in this scripture. Because God gives us an indication of the kind of people that you can trust with this information. Whatever your problem is. But you're walking around with a huge wound in your spirit. And you keep making the same mistakes as a way of overcompensating, but you just end up in the same position because there's no way out. Confess your faults one to another. Look at this right here. This is, this is incredible. This is the body healing itself. Pray one for another. Look how much prayer is in this. Are you afflicted? Pray. Are you sick? Get the elders. They're going to pray. Do you have some situation, some addiction, some hidden private sin that is actually taking away your confidence, your anointing, your power, your desire? Pray. But it's who you're going to. The guy that's afflicted prays for himself. The guy that's sick calls for the elders of the church. The man that's having some galling wound has to find this kind of a person right here. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. A man that can zip his lips. A man that is more interested in your future than giving the devil the victory in your life. Well, I was, I was over to so-and-so's house and I told him my innermost secrets and really what I'm dealing with. Fool. says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou be like him. Some people just start talking, I just, in one ear, out the other. But if somebody comes and just says, brother, I've been watching you a while. And I need somebody I can trust. I was molested when I was a child, and there are spirits that have been battling my whole life. And they're trying to tell me that I'm really that way. I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. You've, you're never going to destroy that enemy in private. The Bible is telling us that you need somebody to help you. I'm almost done. Let's lift our hands right now and ask God. See, Cornerstone... I've been sent here tonight. This is the next level. We're designed to heal ourselves, but it's going to take relating to people on a mature, godly, integrous level. 
God hears your prayers. God gets no satisfaction by watching you fall and limp, not living up to his plan. And Let's pray. God's trying to talk to somebody right now. is the kingdom where deity becomes fused to humanity at the deepest most life changing level and just in case you're feeling like you can't do it Elijah the greatest prophet of the Old Testament was a man that was subject to passions just like us. My God, what a Holy Ghost commentary on inner healing in the church. He prayed that it wouldn't rain. And it stopped. Three and a half years later, he prayed open up again and it rained. A man that had like passions like us. Why is that there? And the final healing is the restoration of relationships. If one of you do err from the truth and one convert him, every one of these healings except for the one that's afflicted is dependent on a horizontal relationship. Let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his ways, actually a backslider, shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. The wellness, the healing, and the restoration in the body. Let's just lift our hands and pray for a minute. I'm done. The Holy Ghost is trying to do something here tonight. just grieves me to watch some people just <sighs> but my prayers for that 
individual, that situation is never going to be enough because it has to be connection. There has to be, the Bible is showing us in James chapter 5, there has to be somewhere we trust somebody. Let's stand. What an incredible environment. Week after week, this group of people has created through your praise, your devotion, your consecration, your dedication. I appreciate it beyond words but there is a level of healing that God wants to bring to this church let's lift our hands and pray one last time and while we're at it this altar is open if you want wholeness, wellness. God, I've prayed the hours that some of us have prayed for inner healing. It's going to take relationship with somebody you can trust. His word, it's a promise to us. Yala ba kukayala mahuti ayala la ba borroti ayala la 